us to worship him using the words of Psalm 100. Let us say together. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations.
Welcome to Worship Creston Church. We're so glad that you joined us for worship today. We've been praying for you, and it is our prayer that you will have an encounter with our living God today. The good news for us is that God is right here in this place, and he's right there in your space, wherever you are listening and watching. If this is the first time that you've joined us for worship, welcome. You can find out more about Creston Church by visiting our website, crestonchurch.org. Feel free to send us an email if you'd like to get in touch with us. After a few Sundays, just three Sundays, of a few of us gathering for worship here in the sanctuary of Creston Church, we gather again together using our previous arrangement, using the means of technology to do so in light of the continuing pandemic. Today is the final Sunday in the church liturgical calendar. It's Christ the King Sunday. As we've already been singing about, our service will focus on worshiping Christ as our King. We proclaim to the world that everything in creation and culture must submit to Christ. We are invited to actively and joyfully submit in his rule. You can find the order of worship in today's email. It contains everything you need to participate fully in the service, including responsive readings and singing. So be bold, speak out loud, and join in on the singing. Even though we are in our separate physical locations, God recognizes our corporate worship so that we all together are offering worship to him. Now, as we continue in our worship, I invite you to stand in body or in spirit, to stretch out your hands as a visible sign of receiving God's greeting right along with everyone who el everyone else who is watching and listening. My friends, see, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people say together, Amen. Let us now go to God for our opening prayer. We worship you. King of kings and Lord of lords, you are sovereign over the invisible tiny viruses. You are sovereign over the most massive hurricanes. You are the creator who gives us the beauty of a tiny violet and the blazing splendor of a sunset stretching across the western sky. All things are yours. Every square inch belongs to you, Lord of lords. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are the king. And now, most holy God, we ask you to grant us humility and honesty as we continue our worship of you in this time of confession and repentance. Amen. 
Confession of sin is not easy. But unless we admit and repent, we cannot even begin to grasp the immeasurable grace of God. So now we will read responsively using the thoughts and words of the prayer attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. Let us pray. Just and merciful God, to all the hatred in our world, we've contributed our own. We've injured others with our words. We've tried to ignore the despair around us. Forgive us, gracious God. We've sought too often our own needs, our own desires to be heard and to be understood above others' needs. Forgive us, gracious God. We have not extended forgiveness to those who hurt us. We have not died to ourselves. Forgive us, gracious God. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us so love. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is injury, pardon. O oh, Divine Master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Psalm 103. 
The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Worship also includes our offering, as we have just been reminded once again of God's grace toward us. Our best response is to offer our whole lives back to Him. Offering money is just one important way that we can do that. During these times of being apart, you may give your gift using the postal system or our online giving process making sure to designate clearly which causes you'd like your offering to be shared with. The deacons are very pleased to acknowledge your faithful and continued giving to Creston Church and our ministries. They encourage you to also consider our special offerings that are listed in the Friday email. Today's special offering is for North End Community Ministry, located just a couple blocks away from Creston Church. NECAM is a shared ministry whose mission is to provide practical assistance to those in need on the northeast side of Grand Rapids. Our weekly offering is for the other ministries of our church and our denomination. What God has called us to do as a church in this neighborhood and city and what God has called us to do as a denomination all around the world. May God bless you as you give to him and his his work. Please remember to check the Friday email. It contains lots of information for you about our church family and the ongoing ministries of Creston Church. Here are some items from the most recent edition. A note from the Pastor Search Committee. Information about our live Thanksgiving Day worship service 
and how you may participate. When I say live, I mean live but online. And there are details about how you can share your God stories and the giving of your special offerings on Thanksgiving. An all-congregational Advent activity to decorate fabric stones like this one. And the various activities for our children and youth. Remember that you may feel free to utilize the services of Pine Rest that are described in that email as well. God bless you for making special use of the many ways that God has gifted you to serve God and our communities, as well as to enjoy fellowship with some of the smaller groups of God's people. I'd like to share the prayer concerns that we have received. When I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. Thank you for your prayers for Jan's mom. She is still weak, but came home from the hospital a little over a week ago and is under 24-hour family care. Her doctor said she was doing well. A lot to praise God for at the age of 92. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for and express our sympathies to Ken and Sue in the passing of Ken's father. Ralph passed away on Wednesday, November 18. He was a former member of Creston Church and a longtime member of West Leonard CRC. A private committal service will be held at the cemetery, and a visitation and memorial service will be scheduled at some later date when the constraints of COVID-19 have been removed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Please pray for the Ippel family as Hurricane Iota has caused widespread flooding, strong winds, and destruction all across Nicaragua. Their family is safe now, but there are so many in their community that are suffering damaged roofs, flooded homes, lost crops, fear of what the future holds. Pray for their Nicaraguan brothers and sisters as they face yet another hardship. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Please pray for Don. He has tested positive for COVID-19 and was taken to the hospital as his symptoms are worsening. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. If we're willing to pay attention, we can see God at work in many ways. Be sure to share a God story by sending an email or a video of your special experiences or be thinking about how you can share it with the rest of us when we gather online on Thanksgiving Day. Now I invite you to join me in our prayer of the people. Lord, as you hung on a cross, your first thought was for others. You forgave the ones who ridiculed and tortured you you accepted the criminal who hung beside you. And it was you 
that they made a mockery of when they placed that sign above your head. For little did they know that they did indeed gaze at a king. We don't need signs and labels to recognize your power and your authority, Lord. It is because we have seen the unlikely become reality, because we have witnessed you in the unexpected, and because we believe in truths honed by a carpenter's son that we dare to hope, Lord, that your kingdom has come among us and continues to come day after day among the poor and the lonely, the sick and the weary, the angry and the abused, the warmongers and the peace seekers. And so it is for those and others who li whose lives are touched by grief and greed, injustice and injury, emptiness and endlessness, that we pray now, trusting in the goodness and the grace that retrieved lost sheep and wayward sons, that consoled grieving mothers and weeping women at a tomb, that fed aching stomachs and eager minds, that soothed the open wounds of untouchables and the throbbing scars of hatred, that laid open itself to pain, rejection, and abandonment so that we might know healing, acceptance, and belonging. We pray today especially for the pastor search process, for all those who are significantly impacted by the increase in the spread of COVID-19, for Jan's mom, for Ken and Sue and the rest of Ralph's family, for the Ippel family, and for Don. If we catch only a glimpse of your mercy among the hardness of life, if we can sense your presence only for a fleeting moment in the busyness of life, if we can witness that wholeness happens among the brokenness of life, then we will know that your kingdom has come, and we pray that your will be done. This day and always, for Jesus' sake, and in his name we pray, amen. Our children have the opportunity to join in on their own worship using their children's worship video. Let's share this blessing from God that we usually share together here in this sanctuary space before they depart and share that with them <clears throat> and with each other. The Lord be with you and also with you. It is our privilege once again to read a portion of God's Word and then do some thinking about it. And so I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is one of the prophecies in the Old Testament, not a book that we read very often, but the passage from Ezekiel that we're going to look at is one of the four texts in today's lectionary set of readings for Christ the King Sunday. So we're going to turn to the book of Ezekiel to help you find that a little bit. Maybe you can find Isaiah sort of in the middle of the Bible. And if you turn ahead in Isaiah, then you'll come pretty soon to Jeremiah. 
and a short little book of Lamentations, and then you'll be to Ezekiel. Today we're going to be reading from Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel 34, we'll begin reading at verse 11. And once you've found that, I would invite you to perhaps place your hand on your Bible or on your device that you're reading from and join me in prayer. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 34, beginning to read at verse 11. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. And then turn to verse 20. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says to them, the flock. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away, I will save my flock, and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The other day when... I was having a conversation with someone about choosing Bible texts for preaching. I told them that Ezekiel was the passage that I was going to be using for this sermon. There was silence. And then a question. Why do you want to use a text from that prophet? No one knows much about Ezekiel other than something about wheels and bones. Well, that person was at least correct about how much I knew about Ezekiel, just bones and wheels. And I don't really know about 
anything else besides that and what the wheels and bones had to do with anything. But today's Ezekiel text is the Old Testament lectionary reading for Christ the King Sunday. So I decided to delve into it. I went to seminary to learn how to learn. And that's what I did this week. I did learn a lot about Ezekiel and this chapter. But I didn't spend too much time on the wheels and the bones. That'll have to wait for some other time. I hope this text will prompt all of us to discover more about this prophet and his prophecy. Ezekiel was a member of a priestly family. In his mid-twenties, he was exiled to Babylon in 597 BC. And four years later, he received a calling from God to be a prophet. The wheels were part of the vision of his calling. Beginning in 593 BC, Ezekiel served as a prophet in Babylon for 22 years, during which the destruction of Jerusalem occurred in 586 BC, back in his homeland of Israel. If you're wondering how we know about all these specifics, they come right from Ezekiel himself. He was very well informed about many things and is more precise in his calendar records, along with other information, than any other Old Testament author. Ezekiel shares prophecies of judgment against Israel in his first 24 chapters, and against other nations in the next eight chapters. Beginning in chapter 34, after hearing about the fall of Jerusalem, Ezekiel's message from God begins to change. He shares prophecies of hope for the people of Israel, who are exiles with him in Babylon. For the past 450 years, the tribes of Israel and Judah have been ruled by many kings, lots of them evil. For even longer, they have been led by the religious leaders and priests of the tribe of Levi, with many of them turning away from the Lord and leading the people away as well and toward worshiping idols of the nations all around them. Sometimes there were short periods of time when the kings, priests, and people returned to faithful worship and obedience of their God, but over and over again they turned away. God was patient with them over and over again. But finally, the Lord followed through on his warnings that are found in Leviticus 26, including this in verse 33. I will scatter you among the nations, and I will draw my sword and pursue you. Your land will be laid waste, and your cities will lie in ruins. Now, in Ezekiel's lifetime, God's people are living in scattered places, while Jerusalem lies in ruins. Not all of God's people have turned away from him, but like so often happens, the innocent suffer the punishment right along with the guilty. That's the case for Ezekiel now, living in captivity in Babylon to the east of Jerusalem. He serves God faithfully, but in a limited way as a priest 
far away from the temple in Jerusalem. God also calls him to be a prophet, giving him visions full of captivating scenes. Chapter 34 shares God's message using the picture of sheep and shepherds. In that ancient time period, it was common for national leaders to be thought of as shepherd kings. This word of the Lord would have made perfect sense to Ezekiel's fellow captives. For hundreds of years now, says the Lord, through prophet Ezekiel, the leader shepherds have led the people's sheep away from God. They are not only lost and suffering at the hands of the Babylonians, they are lost and suffering at the hands of Israel's leader shepherds in their hearts. Sadly, the teachings and behavior of the leader shepherds have spilled over into the hearts of some of those people sheep. These people sheep are taking advantage of some of the other people sheep. They treat them poorly and unfairly and make many efforts to drive them away from the Lord. Not only are the people sheep of Israel scattered and lost geographically, they are scattered and lost spiritually. A few weeks ago, we thought about some of the religious leaders who have led people away from God and the truth of the gospel in our own time. Over and over, we, as God's people's sheep, face the threat of being led away from the truth. Sometimes that guidance comes from pastors who take advantage of us. And sometimes that nudging comes from others all around us. We know that this is happening in our North American context just by observing the decline in the number of people who acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior and describe themselves as Christians. God's 2020 sheep people are going astray and getting lost too. However, in Leviticus 26, God also said this, I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham, and I will remember the land. When they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them or abhor them so as to destroy them completely, breaking my covenant with them. I am the Lord their God. Through this word of the Lord to Ezekiel, God shares his plan to keep his covenant with his people of Israel. After about 800 years after making those warnings and those promises to Moses, God is getting ready to keep his promises. God introduces his plan by stating that he is the shepherd of these sheep people. I myself will do for my sheep. In a time of many evil foreign shepherd kings, as well as evil shepherd kings and other leaders in Israel, God's people are more than ready for him to take sovereign action as their shepherd. As North Americans in 2020, it's tough for most of us to realize how wonderful this will be and how wonderful this sounds 
to these sheep people of Ezekiel's time. We have to make a big effort to imagine what this shepherd God is offering. I pulled out all the action words of verses 11 through 16 and made a list of them, hoping to help us get a picture of how this shepherd is going to care for his people's sheep. Perhaps you'll want to close your eyes. The sovereign king, Lord, shepherd will search for his sheep people, look for his sheep people, rescue his sheep people, look after his sheep people, bring his sheep people out of other nations, gather his sheep people, bring his sheep people back to their own land of Israel, tend his sheep people, have his sheep people lie down, search for lost sheep people, and strengthen the weak sheep people. After their punishment of being flung far and wide is complete, the sovereign Lord Shepherd is going to deliver his sheep people from their current evil shepherd kings. Ezekiel's message also includes rescue from within the Israel flock of sheep people. The Lord will get rid of those who have taken advantage of anyone who is weak or led his sheep people astray from him. The Lord Shepherd calls it shepherding with justice. He'll be the judge of those fellow Israelites who've gotten fat and rich off of those who have been mistreated. All in all, these sheep people will be gathered up from many places, brought back to the land of Israel, and be well cared for by the sovereign Lord Shepherd. At the same time, their shepherd will make everything right that was wrong. Every injustice, every wounded spirit, every misdeed against the land, every injury, every broken system. For weak and weary sheep people, this sounds wonderful. But the Sovereign Lord Shepherd has even more to provide. Ezekiel says in verse 23 that another shepherd is being chosen and assigned by the Lord himself to care for the sheep people. This shepherd is a servant named David. This is not King David, who reigned several hundred years earlier. This servant shepherd is a descendant of King David. Just like the sovereign Lord shepherd, the servant David shepherd will tend to their every need. The sovereign Lord shepherd will be their God. And at the same time, this servant David shepherd will be a prince, royalty, a king. The descendant of David will be the king who does everything that the Lord Shepherd promised to do earlier in this chapter. Two final words say something very special about this David Shepherd King. He will be among them. A descendant of David will come to be among them to be seen, to be heard, to be touched, to be their king and shepherd 
their shepherd king. Hosea 3 verse 5 and Jeremiah 30 verse 9 speak of this same promise of a descendant of David. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord and their God, seek the Lord their God and David their king. And Jeremiah writes, they will serve their Lord, the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. For these struggling sheep people of Ezekiel's day, this gives them hope that the Lord has definitely not forgotten his promises. There will be more than just safety and their own land. They will have a shepherd king who will take care of them. And this shepherd king is sent by the sovereign Lord shepherd himself. It's no secret who this shepherd or who this servant David shepherd king is anymore. Jesus describes himself this way in Matthew 25, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Jesus has already come to be among his people 2,000 years ago, to tend to the sins of his flock, and his spirit lives on in our hearts. In this parable, he tells the disciples that his reign as their shepherd king will continue on into the future, and that he will come again in glory with all his angels to sit on his throne forever. With this kind of shepherd king on the throne, we have no reason to fear the future. In the middle of a raging pandemic, coming out of a contentious political campaign, longing for the end of racism, and struggling with our own individual challenges, Jesus Christ is King. He cares for us deeply, wounded and broken as we are. He's making all things right again, beginning with his death and resurrection and giving us hope for the future. On behalf of the sovereign Lord who spoke to Ezekiel so long ago, Jesus, the shepherd king, is keeping all those promises to shepherd us, the sheep people of his flock. Amen. Let's pray. You raised up your son, O God, and seated him at your right hand as the shepherd and king who seeks what is lost, binds up what is wounded, and strengthens what is weak. Empowered by the Spirit, grant that we may share with others that which we have received from your hand, to the honor of Jesus Christ, our Lord and King. Amen.
My friends, we've come to the conclusion of our time of worship together. And we conclude the same way that we began, hearing from God as he sends us on our way throughout the rest of this week. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit, perhaps sit up a little straighter in your chair, perhaps extend your hands to receive this parting blessing from our God. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. And now we lift our hands to Christ the King, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. We say together, amen. <laughs>